podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Villa View. And do not adjust your sets once again. Uh, it's one of those rare occasions where Dan Bardell isn't going to be with us tonight. And uh, I don't know whatever moment the madness came across him, but he said, hey, you Irish guy, any chance you'll be able to present uh, the Villa View tonight? But uh, I'm not on my own, as we can see. Mr. Bracey is with, is with me as well. And we're uh, hopefully going to bring a nice uh, end to the weekend for everybody as we chat through the brilliant win, Villa 3 Everton nil, that happened at, at Villa Park yesterday. Ty, were you there? Yes, I was. Yes, yes, yes. Talk I got me. snapped. I got snapped by the Villa photographer, which is like something I've always dreamed of. And it happened. And uh, the Villa statue page posted uh, a photo saying, good night, villains. And then someone tagged me. He's like, is that you? I was like, you're damn right it is. So it's uh, it's now my header on Twitter. But yesterday, I don't know if it's uh, Villa Park under the lights. because It was quite light, but then it was slowly getting dark. They put the lights on. Or whether it's just Everton and a late kickoff. It's a thing of beauty. It's a thing of magic. And... Yesterday was one of those magical days where everything in my soul just said, I love this club. Yeah. Same with me. Well, it's 3-0 does that to you as well, Ty, doesn't it? Having a 3-0 win will do that. But look, I suppose we could all get very sentimental and look back and harken back to the great historic games that we've seen between Villa and Everton, obviously the most most played game in league football. And uh, maybe it's that, maybe it's the ghosts of, of past games come along and light it up that small bit more. But, you know, we seem to relish the challenge of, of Everton Football Club at the moment. And uh, Aston Villa seem to have their number. And I know it didn't really look like that for good portions of the first half. But the second half, we really made adjustments at halftime and came into it uh, for sure. But I suppose before we get on to talk about the game first, you know, you mentioned there about being in the stadium. It sounded unbelievably loud. Uh, at times on uh, on the TV, was it uh, was it rocking in Villa Park yesterday? Or is that a stupid question? Yeah, it was. It really was. I mean, I sit in Holt Lower. Um, that's where my season ticket is. But the I don't think you really appreciate the noise of the whole end unless you're not in it. Mm. So that night when we beat Everton, I wasn't in the whole end, um, and I was like, "Is this what we sound like from like uh, another stand?" And but the noise, it was quite, it was quite deafening. <laughs> Danny, evening gents, my ears are still ringing. Yeah, it's, you know, we we all sung our heart out. I've only really got my voice back a little bit today. I was croaking at Crocusing yesterday, but th- there's nothing better than a, a feel good factor at Villa Park on a, on an evening. It's just magical. I'm still buzzing now, to be honest, mate. It's great as well to be able to do it on TV because, look, no matter what way we dress it up and no matter what side of the bread we butter it, you know, there's always going to be that little bit of a question mark around the team. And, you know, we haven't got results against teams that we should have gotten previously or so far this year, should I say. And then, you know, we go to Chelsea, we play well. Is the team really set up to win games in the Premier League? Are we going to be lucky losers quite a lot without Jack Grealish? Then we go into this game yesterday and just... You know, we now have a new hero to talk about, really, albeit he was only on the field for 21 minutes. Leon Bailey, is he fast as, uh, is he as fast in real life as he looks uh, on TV? It was a magical moment. It was a magical moment. As soon as I seen the touch from the header, but that ball from Danny Ings, let's be honest, was a thing of beauty. Like it was as good as the Kovacic ball last week. Yes. Um, Finger beauty. And he, he said in an interview afterwards that he hit the ball that hard that he injured himself. 
that honestly, mate, the power that went, yeah, he's genuinely come out and said that. And the power, there was no way anybody was saying saving that, mate. I don't even think Emmy yeah. would have saved that if it was the other way around, like, but honestly, mate, a thing of beauty and absolute and the limbs, because obviously the floodgates have opened after the first one. And the limbs was just nuts, mate. Honestly, there was body parts everywhere. That's uh, look, I can't wait to get back over. And as I say, it'll probably be after Christmas before I get back over to Villa Park again. Um, but I can't wait to get over there and, and to have a moment like that. And fingers crossed, there'll be lots more between now and then, and that they don't wait for me to get over until after Christmas because I need to keep need this team to keep on winning and winning and winning. Um I suppose let's 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 go back to kind of the start of the game. The team sheet was announced. Obviously, we had Emilio Ma- Emiliano Martinez is back again. He's literally just flown into the country. I think it's something crazy, like five a.m. in the morning. Two a.m. and uh, two a.m. in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, got back to the into the country for a goalkeeper. I suppose that was okay, and, and he was named in the starting eleven. But I suppose. Really, the biggest villa, biggest piece for Villa, I think, was everybody was thinking that did we play this three five two to try and mesmerise a Chelsea team, and maybe was that why we got so much luck against Chelsea? But then we go out and we play it at home against this Everton team. Was I suppose, and and I know I listened to the pod with the guys previous in the in in the actual preview that they did previously, but um, did people around the ground think that we were actually going to go with a three at the back, and were people enthused about that? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I didn't think... I mean, we had spoke about it uh, when we did post-match point on Chelsea. It was me, mm. you and uh, Bardell, wasn't it? And we said we don't know if it'll be a, a, a formation that we see against everybody, but we've gone into the game with the same mindset. Obviously, he's, Dean's not thinking that Wendy's ready because I, I do struggle to see where Wendy starts in that formation. Um you know, I think it'd have to be more of a three-four-three than a three-five-two, um, if we were to do that. But when we seen the team sheet, it was it was promising. You know, it was. I was excited. I was excited to see some more Ings and Watkins link up play. Excited to see the middle three do the bits, and they did do the bits. Jacob Ramsey again, great game. Dougie Louise, great game. John McGinn. I thought John McGinn had actually like a, a leg injury, but wasn't it his eye or his mm. head? Yeah. As he so yeah, I mean there was a few wobbly moments in the first half defensively. Um we both we struggled to break them down, they struggled to break up uh break us down. And second half we've we've sixty minutes. I I'm quite good at predicting the subs, and I did say to um one of my best mates, Liam, who sits next to me, or I said I reckon Leon Bailey, sixty minutes and he was coming on. He actually came on bang on the sixtieth minute. And then that was where the tables turned, that was where the floodgates opened and we, we were ready for business. So uh, unreal to see him do bits, mate. I feel like this this is just going to be absolute Leon Bailey fan club here, mate. Mm, I think so. And I, I think I think he earned an awful lot of fans last night, match of the day. Couldn't stop talking about him. They couldn't stop talking about him on, on the TV last night either, directly after the game as well. It's not very often that if a guy comes on and in 21 minutes gets man of the match, <laughs> comes on, gets taken off, and still gets man of the match. Usually if you come on, you get taken off, everyone's wondering, oh, he's going to be sold in January. He's never, he's going to be bombed out of the squad. But what a, what an absolute brilliant cameo. And we'll get on and we'll talk about his cameo. I've seen a stat on the back of that about the last time that that happened. So I think it was Julian Joachim, who I think in 2002, he came, uh, come on as a sub, came on, scored, and then went off again, I think, Leon Bailey was the first person to do that since 
Julian Joachim in 2002. Absolutely amazing. Amazing. I, I wouldn't have thought anybody did it, but for it to be Julian Joachim that did it as well, that's probably another yeah. statistic in itself. Um, going, going back to the, to the, to the formation, uh, two and Zabi, like, uh, well, it looked like on TV anyway when I was watching it. My God, he's so sure. And, and, and I suppose when he came into the club, you maybe I was kind of wondering were they going to try and fit him into, into this back three or what were they going to do? Were they going to, like, was there going to be some crazy clause in there that he has to play X amount of games during his loan? I don't care whether he used to play X amount of games during his loan. No, he's come in, he plays that central, that central role very well. And I think what it does is it, it allows Mings then a small bit more leverage on the left-hand side because, you know, Mings is, Mings is one of our outlets to try and get the ball forward. And he's able to do that and able to, able to move with people on the left-hand side as well. But Tuan Zabi, I think, was an absolute rock last night. I think he did an awful lot of great work. And he was up against Rondon, who I know he didn't score, but he was there around corners. His movement was okay. And I think everything's biggest issues came from, number one, the fact that they had... They had lots of injuries beforehand, you know. Calvert Lewin was injured, and 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 they had, they had quite a few people out. But they, a lot of their their issues, I think, came from came from midfield. But uh, Tuan Zebi made sure that nothing uh, nothing was played in behind him, and, and and I think he had a very very good game. What do you think yourself? I'm really impressed with that back three together. To be fair, um, like you, Neil, I was unsure of where he would fit into the system. Whether it'd be rotation, you know, there was. There was whispers of, oh, yeah, he's going to be playing DM. Um, I was really impressed with his performance yesterday. I think he had a great game. Um, I think he's defensively brilliant. I think he's incredible alongside Konza and Mings. I really like them as a back three, and I really like that they're all getting consistent minutes because I think that's important. Um, I, I, I hope that we sign him. You know, assuming he has a season like he's having now, and the consistency carries on. I really hope he... What, what are you smirking at now? Like, I you, couldn't read the screen, and I had to literally... Oh, okay. I nearly head-butted my camera <laughs> to try to read the screen to see what the, what the comments said. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of him, mate. I'm I'm over the moon that we've, we've got him back. You know, it's not just one of those where it's a, oh, let's bring him back, the nostalgia. Like, he's coming in and showing he can do it in the prem. Absolute fair play to him. And it's an important time in his career for him because he's not getting minutes at United. He's getting minutes at Villa. And whether he ends up staying with us or not, he's showing that he is of Premier League quality. And that's what I love. He's he's hungry to succeed. And he's doing it with Villa. So happy all round there, mate. Yeah. So did he wanted to come back to the club again for a third time. You know what? I maybe maybe this might might be his stopping point. Maybe he doesn't go back to Man United. Maybe he stays here. And look, I think based on what we've seen in the chemistry that this back three has, obviously a chemistry with Mings previously. You know, Kanza is just like Kanza is one of the most underrated players in the whole Premier League for me, and I genuinely mean that. I mean that in any position. I think Kanza is one of the most underrated players, and he can fit in anywhere. So uh, this isn't hyperbole after a three nil win. I think that genuinely our back three are a real strong asset for this club. And uh, I'd be delighted to see Tuanzebe stay on um, for after after his loan spell and stay here for good afterwards. But uh, have you seen the um, have you seen the video of um, when Bailey scored off that off the corner? <laughs> he screams in the Everton player's face, like laughing at him. <laughs> Let's I, mean, talk- I, I don't know who was. I don't know who the Everton player was, mate. But that absolutely rattled me. I was crazy. <laughs> Let's talk about a couple of the goals because. Um, 
look, we, we've talked about a coming of age and we've talked about a new hero within the, within the team. But I think that there was something absolutely magical happened yesterday. You said there was something that small, a bit different yesterday in Villa Park under the lights and everything. But um, I think the most magical thing I saw was that Matty Cash has a left leg. Uh, that, <laughs> that first goal, he took no prisoners. Talk me through it. Talk me through it, Ty. What was your thoughts on it? I'll be honest, at that moment where he's about to shoot us, no, 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 square it, square it, square it, Central, you've got to square it. And then he's just absolutely thumped it with a left. And it's just flew in. And then I assume he's run over to uh, to his box where his family are. And he's, you know, he's enjoyed every minute of it. And fair play to him. It's his first goal for Villa and what a night to do it. You know, he's yeah. he's, he's set the... He's opened the floodgates and, you know, he's left left that stadium. Absolutely. You know, I've scored, you know, scoring your first goal for Villa would probably be one thing, but scoring your first goal for Villa and then them go on to win 3-0 against a very good side, you know, you know, warranted they were missing a few decent ballers, you know, Rich Arlison and mm. DCL, but that, that feeling would be incredible for him, Neil. It was an absolute rocket, mate. He was a rocket. He had the most shots of anybody in the game as well. He had three shots. He had a point to prove, mate. He had a point to prove. And also, I read a statistic. I think it came up during the game as well, whereby he's had the most passes inside the box or into both both passes inside the box and into the box of any Aston Villa football player this season. So, uh, you know, pretty creative there in the right wing. And yes, he's had his down moments and he's had he will have more up moments than down moments. And that Watford game wasn't really healthy for anybody to either playing or watching. But, uh, you know, he's coming good. He's after scoring his goal and I'm absolutely thrilled. And look, you know, if you can get a player and attacking right back for 18 million, you know, somebody who had only played there for a season just about previous to that. He's come in, he's taken to the Premier League like a duck to water. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, I know his name is Matty Cash and he's, um, and, and, and he's born in England, but we could have uh, a Polish Cafu as well on our hands if, uh, if Poland have their way. They're looking to, looking to entice him to play there. Yeah, I, I've heard about that. But I kind of feel sorry for him in a way because a right back is a position that we are heavily overloaded with great talent at right back. And, you know, it's just unfortunate, but what a great position to be in for an England manager, you know, that you've got that much depth in that position where if you lose two or three, you can still put, I mean, I'll be honest, even the number nine in England, you know, there's so many talented English number nines. And, you know, I don't want to go off topic too much of going on to England, but just English number nines. In general, I feel like there's an influx. Statman Dave, Matty Cash going by numbers versus Everton. That's crazy. Some great statistics there. Especially for right back. Well, I suppose, look, right back, some people use this, I'm, I'm not going to say a derogatory term, some of the, you know, there's some unbelievable right backs at the moment, but I don't think we can really even call Matty Cash a right back the way in this formation is played, you know. He's definitely playing. It, it's a, Our formation is almost like a 4-5-2. Uh, sorry, a 3-5-2. 4-5-2 would be under investigation. But a 3-5-2, I think, at the moment, and he's definitely playing more. Uh, I, I wouldn't even call him a wing back. I'd call him a winger because Kanza spends a lot of his time covering out, covering out, out as far as the sideline. And so does Mings, as we saw Mings getting turned against Chelsea. But yesterday, he wasn't turned at all. And he was able to get out to that sideline. He was able to, to put in the tackles. And I think, I think tactically, they kind of worked in an awful lot better. And even when McGinn went off, and that's probably then that you know something that we will talk about in a moment even when McGinn went off 
when the Camba came on. Douglas Louise was excellent at sweeping that area there. But I was really yeah. impressed at how he went forward as well. You know, he was on the edge of the area. Usually there's a kind of a, a stop mark in the field where Douglas Louise isn't allowed past. But um, when he was unleashed up uh, a small bit more forward into kind of an eighth position from the sixth position, I thought he played really, really well as well as, as well there. And, um, you know, he was he was everywhere that McGinn would have been uh, as well. And we, did, we didn't I'm not going to say we didn't miss McGinn, but his, his, the, the fact that he got off was was minimized, I suppose, by the fact that we were still able to keep that structure and shape in the middle of midfield yeah. field as well. But. Yeah, McGinn went off. He got a got a bit of a tap in it when it was more than a tap in the head. It was just before he he kind of jumped higher than the guy that was uh, that he was jumping with, and then uh, I think it was Michael Keane then jumped upwards and kind of caught him. Um, but that was like I think that was like something in the ninth or tenth minute or something. It was early on in the game. And he played on for another twenty five minutes or so uh, before he was taken off. Um, I think. I'm not quite sure. Uh, like I think he was dizzy. I think he went off to his dizzy. I, think, I, I thought, I'm not quite sure what he said. I think he said, I think I'm going to get sick to somebody. I think I'm going to get sick. That's what he said to them. And that's a, that's a sure sign of concussion as well. Yeah. God knows I've, I've had a couple of them before, but um, that's a sure sign of it. And, uh, you know, hopefully he's going to be okay. Oh, okay. He was a concussion substitution. He was, so yeah. He, that he makes was, sense because I was yeah. scratching. So I didn't know at that point that his injury was head related. I thought he'd gone off mm. with like a, a muscle strain or something. So no, when we had no. made our, our fourth sub, I was like, I swear that's our fourth sub. <laughs> and it was, so. Yeah. And I didn't I know the rules either, whereby because Villa get a concussion substitution, Everton could immediately have four subs, regardless of concussion or not. Oh, really? They can immediately have four subs. I kind of like that. I like that little wrinkle to the rule as well, so that it means that one team isn't getting an advantage, but we're still taking care of player welfare. So so I, I, I kind of like that. But Godspeed to John McKinn. Hopefully he's okay again. I'm sure there'll be lots of light tests done on him um, to make sure that he doesn't have any sensitivity and all that jazz from uh, concussions. Uh, and, and hopefully he'll be back on the field next week um, against, against Manchester United. But second goal, Ty, second goal was quite an interesting one because uh, I think everybody in the ground must have thought that it was straight from a corner and there was shades of Steve Staunton from back in, I think, 1995 when he got a goal. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed Paddy isn't here. Paddy be able to tell me every minute Steve Staunton played for uh, Villa because he's his favourite player of all time. But uh, Leon Bailey just introduced on, uh, onto the field and uh, next thing, what does he do? Austin McPhee says to him, go on there and score directly from a corner, Leon. Sure, that's what we're going to try this time. <laughs> what I mean, do you it's, make it's, of it? It'd be a it'd be a nice boy. I think it was a, a bit of a shock for everybody. Mm. And yeah, when you watch it in slow mo and you see Begovic, he knows as soon as it's clipped. Uh, yeah. Cue the French beams, Luca Dinia. Once it's uh, <laughs> once it's clipped his head, <laughs> producer Adams nodded, shaking his head like, "Oh God." Um, yeah, w- once he had uh, once he had had a flick on, he, he knew he didn't even have to look. He knew it had uh, he knew it had gone straight over his head and in the net and. It was a bit of a surprise for all of us, to be fair, you know. The but some some corner it was. I mean, I'll, I'll give it to the bloke. He uh, he's got some whip on him on uh, from that side of the from that side of the pitch in a corner. I'd I'd have him on them all day, every day if he's uh, if he's going to be putting in balls like that. Even even if it didn't go in, he's putting the balls into a into a dangerous place and beating the first man has been a very stressful, aggravating. Time at Villa, our set pieces have been absolutely dross until we've brought in Don McPhee, who 
I'll be honest, you can see it's working. I tweeted about this earlier. If you watch, if you're in the ground, as soon as there's a set piece of any form of throwing, he's straight out of his seat, arms folded, and his eyes are glued, and he's straight on it. And that, I, I can't remember what happened in the build-up, but I remember it being Barcelona-esque, where Danny Ings has had a shot on the outside of his boot and it's spooned over. But the whole play that led up to that was incredible. I was just about to bring it up. Yeah, so it was a free, and it was a free whereby what they did was, I think it was, oh, I can't remember who was taking the free. I think it might have been Douglas Louise. And instead of just playing it directly into the box, he played, he played it square from the free to someone. And then you could see everything shifted. The players started moving. The Everton players didn't know what was going on. It was, and everybody moved, we'll call it from right to left as the camera was looking at it. So then the ball was clipped into to Kanza, who was at the back post, headed it across yeah. the goals. Mings got ahead to it. And then it just fell the way it fell to Ings. Ings being right, being, or, or swung a right-footed it. And it just, it was an unbelievable trajectory the ball took. It was like, it was empty If that was on target, I'm telling you. Oh, oh man! <laughs> you would have been that, going into the season for, without a shadow of a doubt. But that's Austin McPhee and a lifetime contract because you just know that that's come from his play. And if it hasn't, then it's some substantial fluke. But that didn't look like a fluke. I, to me. I, th- like I think the shot was a definite fluke. The shot was a definite fluke. But it was how it was how they moved everybody. It was just a simple a simple square ball. Like just, just he just played it square by fifteen yards across the. I think it was target. Think that's who it was, and then you could just see there was consternation. It's like, whoa, what's going on here? Do we go to him? What do we do here? And it was clipped in, kept Kanza was at the back post with Alan. I think it was somebody smaller than him anyway at the back post. And uh, I'm, I'm probably trying out completely wrong names here. Um, but uh, you get the you, you know what I'm talking about anyway, the, yeah. the, the chance. Uh, but it was fantastic, and I think directly after that, McPhee was actually, he was sit, he was outside the dugout when he went back into the dugout, Neil Cutler. And we know last year, Neil Cutler was very heavily involved with set pieces and things like that as well. Cutler was like giving him, uh, like there was a big massive smile and they were discussing it. And, uh, you know, it was everything. It was great to see. And I, you'd imagine that there's still some input there as well. But he went straight for Neil Cutler to discuss it with him in the dugout afterwards. And, uh, you know, that's, it's it's becoming, and, and, and actually, I didn't have this written down on my rundown sheet, but um. I'm going to I'm going to actually mention it here because like you can't if nothing else on TV or like every time there's a set piece they mention him or they mention the fact that Aston Villa have put effort into set pieces and I don't care who you are even if you're a professional footballer you're going to be going into games going right lads we have to look after set pieces here for Villa and the set pieces might still be no they're not bad but the set pieces might be still shocking but if you get a reputation for being good at set pieces people will be mentally frail at set pieces on the other team. And they'll be worried about it. And they'll be consistently like hearts in their mouths going, what are they going to do here? They've done something crazy in every game. We don't know what's going on. So much so that the commentators and the game even had the rule. They even had, had confirmed the rule whereby if Matty Cash was allowed to use the towel, then Everton were allowed to use the towel as well if they wanted to. Just so that, like, yeah. All this mad stuff that people feel they have to clarify now because Aston Villa have a set piece coach out of nowhere. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. And it must be to everybody's benefit in the club. Absolutely. Um, as I said, mate, it's it's noticeable on the pitch. And it, it's it puts us in a great position that we can be a little bit unpredictable in those set pieces. Because I mean, realistically, in the last few years, have you ever been hopeful when there was a set piece coming in? 
of any form. You That's know, we were insane. lucky. If, we were lucky if we held possession off a throw-in. And I swear, it used to make me want to bang my head off the wall because we literally couldn't retain possession from a throw-in. It was the most frustrating thing in the world. So seeing Matty Cash, you know, draw up the ball, and he's got some arms on him, that lad. I'm telling mm. you, he, you know, he's he's more than capable of whipping one into the box. But I, I don't think that's the, you know, the the even touching the sides of the highlight reel of the greatness of Don McPhee. I think there's loads to come, mate. I think uh, I think we're going to see some some beautiful moments this season. Uh, all on his 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 brain. And all it is is just doing something different because everybody expects set pieces to be the same way they've been for the last 60 years. It's just a case of doing something different. And you know what he seems to do is, literally, it's, it's this simple. Everything is aimed towards a tall person. Isn't that, that's just like mind-blowing. Like, why didn't anybody think of that before? <laughs> but <laughs> we don't want to big up, we don't want to go on too much because there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of fans from other clubs that are watching this, non-Villa fans that are going to know all our secrets. So we better shut up about our secret sauce there and, uh, and Nanny McPhee. And, hands uh, off. Yeah, hands off him is right, yeah. Even you, Scotland, you're not allowed to have him for too long. Um, he's ours, okay? Uh, let's go into goal number three because we did touch on it a small bit earlier on. Um, but goal number three was really the icing on the cake. And yeah, Ooh. exactly. Very, very simple. And it's something that Villa have been doing all season is no matter when we're... As much as we can, should I say, when we're defending down one wing, we try and keep somebody high up the field. And in this instance, it was Bailey. And to be honest with you, I think he was way too high up the field from where I've seen El Ghazi or anybody else has been, been this season. But it worked out. But my God, Danny Ings, what a pass from Danny Ings to be able to. And I know he had an acreage to kick the ball into, but like brilliant, brilliant from Ings. Absolutely excellent. And then, you know, Selavi, the rest is history. He nearly took. He nearly took Begovic's soul with it. He kicked it, the ball. It was hard. one of those goals, I won't swear on Villa View, but it was on those goals where you see it and you go, pick that out of your effing net. <laughs> like, you, yeah. you know, where you just like, the, the the power in it, you could see the power in it. And it was a, a special moment for him as well, obviously, mm-hmm. with what he was showing on his top of um, one of his friends who passed away due to COVID uh, complications. Yeah, uh, Steffi Graf was, I think, a... Uh, Twitch streamer, who was a friend of his. Um, I might be completely wrong there, but I think that's right. Um, Steffi Greg, I think is what it was. Steffi Greg was someone completely different. Steffi I hope Graf. she didn't pass away because I on, wasn't she a tennis player? She was a tennis player for sure. Was it Steffi Greg? <laughs> oh, sorry, man. <laughs> sorry um, to any Steffi Graf fans as well. We did. We're not breaking news here at all. She's not dead. She's still alive brilliant. and kicking. I think. Last day, oh, he's anyway. Steffi Greg. Oh, god, that's absolutely <laughs> poor for me. That is, um, clip that one out there. So, can someone clip that one out there? And put but the worst part is, I posted that photo on, on Twitter myself, and I've, I've obviously just not read it. Um, I was on dad duties last night, oh. so we'll, we'll blame that. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, that's okay. You're, you're excused, you're excused, but yeah, I mean, a shame we only got to see 20 minutes, but mm-hmm. a genuine, exciting player to watch on the pitch. and I am so excited. I don't want him to have two great a season just because I don't want clubs to come knocking because Dan Bardell, Ty Bracey loves his tennis. Bardell, you're not allowed to watch this if you're not allowed to present this. All right, bug off you. You're not allowed. Go on, off, off you pop, son. Boring Bardell, hey, welcome here tonight. I nah, know, look, this is, our, this is our birthday present to, to, yeah, to Master Dan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to, to see him. Um, throughout the season. I just hope that he can stay fit. 
I mean, it doesn't sound like this time around it's anything serious, but I'm really excited for to just see him do some greatness at Villa Park, and he's very clearly loved already. So it's great. I got a, I got a touch of cockiness from him as well, which I absolutely love. I'm a stickler for somebody who puffs the chest out and is like, "Yeah, sure, I'm able to do this because I'm I'm brilliant." Like that's why I love Zlatan. You know, he's just this air of confidence about him, about if I fail, I fail, but I'm not going to fail because I'm so brilliant. Do, do you know what but, the crazy thing is for me, Neil? Sorry to interrupt. Is that the Craig Butler scenario with the announcement video yeah. was possibly the worst thing I've ever seen to do with a player signing for a club. And I think everyone was terrified and thought he was going to be a crook. But Craig Butler is living in my head rent free because he's a genius. Yeah. Like Craig Butler is a genius. Like he's actually a genius. He's literally raised a family of footballers. To be fair, I'd love to go and watch his squad that he's brought over who have been playing against the young guns. I'd love to see what, mm-hmm. you know, some some flair from some of the, the young guys from Jamaica. I'd love to see that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it turns out that Craig Butler is actually a clever footballing brain. Who would have thought it after all? Yeah, Agent Butler. But uh, for sure, look, and I suppose, look, if he's got any more, any more sons, half sons, uh, even people that aren't his sons, you know, as a good footballer, yeah, send them our way if they're as fast and as, uh, and, and as exciting as Leon Bailey. But I don't think the injury is going to be too bad to Bailey because Bailey kind of alluded to the fact that he said, well, we were 3-0 up, I'd done my bit. I came off, there was no point in staying on. And I love that kind of cockiness from a player. I absolutely love it. I could never put, I could never be that cocky myself. Um, my whole um, Irish guilt would never allow me to be that way. But I love watching other people do that way, do that. It's, yeah. it's, it's just fantastic. And, you know, a bit of swagger is, is always nice to have. It's too. just, it's just a, a great way to end the week. It oh, starts yeah. your Monday, right? And I don't think uh, when people say that football is just a game, like, Neil, how good has your feel like your feel good factor been since the game? Have have you literally been on cloud nine since the game? I know it's only a few games into the season, you know. I, I know it's early on, you know, it's not like something crazy's happened. We've won the cup or anything like that. But here we go. Look at this table, just sat in tenth in a nice place. We've started the season off a bit wobbly with a few injuries. Absolutely fine. We had a good full fit squad yesterday. Didn't end with one, but we had a good full, a good full fit squad yesterday. I, I just feel really optimistic. I don't think we've got anything to worry about. And genuinely, last week there was people saying we were going to be in a relegation battle, and I just yeah, people were saying we we're going to be between Brentford see. and Watford, and we are. And I'll be honest, <laughs> I think Brentford are going to be pushing for the top ten. Why not? Brentford are not relegation fodder, and nobody. Anyone who comes out with points from Brentford as a team, their style of football, the way they play football, is more suited for the Prem than the Championship, 100%. I think they're going to have a great season. And, you know, Brentford's nothing to frown upon. I, I, I think I think we're going to have a good season, mate. I ain't going to do any predictions of where I think we'll, where, where I think we'll finish because... We've got some tough fixtures ahead that are going to keep things very real. You know, we're, we are on cloud nine now, but we've got some tough games ahead. So, you know, we need to keep level-headed to an extent. And, you know, these are teams that are messing about in the league this year. 
you mentioned about a, about a full squad or coming into the game. And I still think, to be honest with you, you know, the, the two injuries that we got are the two people that had to go off and Bailey and McGinn. They're not going to be long-term in, in, in the slightest. They, they, they won't be playing against Chelsea, put it that way, um, in midweek. But uh, I, think we, I think there's probably every possibility we see both of those available again for next weekend. Um, but having this squad come back together for the first time this season, that, that I think... 3-0 win and everything is fantastic, but the fact that we could win 3-0 and then still have this squad to come back together must be a real shot in the arm for Dean Smith because, look, it's been a crazy week where people have been questioning and there was, was a football was a football insider's crazy um, article saying that... There's You're a, not allowed a short to talk list. about them on here. They're, 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 they're blacklisted on the Villabia. Sorry, Dan, um, but... Uh, I, I, I don't know if they are, but they, they literally <laughs> just... They are not a real source of football. No, they're they're fake they're news. Not. And that, the thing is, the part of the problem is, is they people are so gullible online. I mean, I fell for a few before. There's a few mm-hmm. accounts that will pretend to post pretending to be the official Villa account, and you just can't. Especially no, footy insider, they just talk nonsense. Man. But You've got nothing to worry about. But the thing was, like, it got a conversation. Among, oh no, I, I know there's nothing to worry about. But it got a conversation amongst fans on Twitter about, well, maybe the grass is greener without Dean Smith. I absolutely, I, I, I think it would be the biggest heads gone if we were to get rid of Dean Smith this year because I think that this year is quite it is a prove it year. He's only just getting the tools back right now, and having this squad plus a three nil. Uh, a three 0 win. It must be absolute music to his ears because, um, you know, we've already seen him make a formation change. We've already seen him use twenty three players or twenty two players, I think, already this season. Already something, something manic altogether. The amount of players he's used anyway, um, this season. So I'm looking forward to him having a, having a settled squad. As we mentioned, he now has an extra an extra strength to his ball and he's set piece coach. He's brought in Danks. He's brought in Shakespeare. And having all this stuff together is really, really going to make uh, make his life easier. And that comment that's on the screen there as well about Jacob Ramsey. Um, I can't really read it. I'm apolog- I apologize. He says, do, you, do you think that Jacob Ramsey is in contention to start every week? Pretty I much? do. I 100% do. And, and, and that's what we, we you mentioned earlier on about Buendia. Um, like where do we fit him in? And I think it's not more, It's not. it, it may not be as much where do we fit him in. It's you know, he has to wait his turn behind Jacob Ramsey. Yeah, I mean, he, I knew there was a player in there, obviously, young, talented, but the last few games he has, shocked isn't the right word, but he's definitely been like, wow, okay, you know, he's, he's really coming with a point to prove. You know, Morgan Sanson has a, he's fighting for his place, some fair play to him, he's, he's showing that he's worthy, he's showing that he deserves to be, be starting every game and, and rightly so he's, he's been given an opportunity and he's absolutely grabbed it by the ball so fair play to him mate really fair play to him I, I, I 100% agree he's been my he's been my uh, my breakout player anyway this year uh, for sure like he's he's exceeded expectations from, from what I have of him already it would have been lovely if he'd stuck that one in the bottom corner um, just at the end of the game, we were up 3-0. He should have laid it off to Ings. We would have won 4-0. But look, he was dead right to have a goal. It'd be great for his confidence to get a goal and, uh, and you know, to keep things ticking over for himself with, with his progression. And to be honest with you, Smith loves him. Smith absolutely loves him. He name-checked him and everything before the game. And I'm, I'm almost certainly name-checked him again after the game as well. And uh, that must be worth a million 
pounds to him, you know, to have that kind of endorsement coming from the team manager. So fair play to the young kid and to all the young guys who are getting a chance there. You know, we've already seen Carney playing there. We've seen Philogene Bidesa on the bench and stuff like that. And they will know, they'll want to be part Cameron of Cameron Archer was on the bench. Cameron Archer was on the bench, exactly, yeah. yeah. Unreal. And they'll all know that, yeah, look, there are guys ahead of us because they're not going to be that, they're, like, they're not going to be that headstrong. They're going to know there are guys ahead of us, but they're going to want to be part of a progressive team and a, and, and a growing team and a team that that is stable, but also a team that is winning, you know, but it, sorry, the structure that is stable and a team that is winning. And, and, and the way you do that is, guess what? You, you keep your manager and, and, and you keep it as stable as possible because you parachute him out at any stage during the course of the season. We've just spent the bones of 100 million we will need to go away and spend another 100 million again. And much and all, as I love a good transfer window, it's well documented. Like there'll come a time that if we don't need to buy new players and we only need to buy to fill certain holes, well, then we'll be fighting it out. That would mean that we're good enough to fight it out with the likes of the Leicesters and the Liverpools and the Spurs and, and the Chelsea's. And that's what you can aspire for, you know? So, and if we get them through our, through our academy, all the better. Absolutely all the better. It'd be more fantastic. Uh, and we'd all, you know, everybody loves a good homegrown hero anyway. So um, more power 100%. to Jacob Ramsey. And hopefully he stays in the squad for a long, long time to come. The purity code. Uh, guys, I, I, I nearly forgot about it. Get a few beers. We did at the start. Luckily, Dan weren't listening. You would have had angry text messages. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't checked my phone. I could, I could still have those. Uh, hashtag Villa View. You get 10% off for purity uh, with, with the purity code. And, um, you know, fill your boots uh, with it. As If the team keeps winning, you got to keep on, keep on celebrating with purity, guys, because uh, they're a good sponsor here of this podcast and a good sponsor of Aston Villa as well. So, um, you know, it is uh, support your own. That's what I'm trying to say here in a very, very long-winded way. So hashtag fill of you for, uh, for all your alcoholic needs. Um, alcohol needs, not alcoholic needs. Drink responsibly. Damn, I'm tying myself in circles. See, this is why I'm not allowed to watch this podcast. Oh, I, I was going to untangle you from it, Neil, but it was comical to watch you first. You know what, Neil? You, you talk about you. Steffi Graff and me calling everybody alcoholics. Now, we're going to get sacked off this podcast. Yeah, I think this, is our la- I think this is our last <laughs> where, where Bardow can't make it. I don't think me and you on the roster for the next one, man. We've been all right. We'll, do, we'll put up a poll on Twitter and see. But, but we'll Neil, see genuinely, uh, there's not many people in the world I'd want to wax lyrical about with Villa more <laughs> on a Sunday night after a 3 0 win on a Saturday evening. Good, Obviously, good. I'm referring to the game. I know it's not Saturday evening now. I know. But yeah, I, I, I really appreciate um, Dan and Adam <laughs> getting me and, me and Neil on. So, yeah. Up to Villa from me. Absolutely. I'll let, you, I'll let you outro deal, but that's that's, that's up the for me. And that's exactly it, guys. You know, we're after a 3 0 win. The positivity is flowing. The bromance is flowing here. You can see it coming. Feel it coming out through your screens. And uh, not just a bromance between myself and Ty, it's uh, a bromance, I think, between a lot of fans in Aston Villa Football Club. Leon Bailey, not just Leon Bailey, should I say, but between the fans and, and, uh, and Aston Villa Football Club. And that's the way we want it because. We're strong, we're proud, we're a progressive football club. And uh, yeah, look, long may it continue. So uh, thanks everybody for watching. 
as I say, hashtag Villa View for Purity. Uh, get 10% off uh, any of their goods as well there. I'm sure the guys are going to be back again with a pod uh, midweek, maybe something after after the, the uh, Carabao Put Cup game. I'll uh, let the guys on social look after that. But fantastic win. We're climbing up the table. We're in 10th position and onwards and upwards from here. And I suppose, really, you know, all that's left to say is up the Villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.